0: Well, good morning and Merry Christmas to all of you. Special welcome to those who are back home for the holidays, from school or visiting family. Uh, special welcome to you. Uh, my name's Kevin. I serve here as the uh, Attridge site pastor. And uh, this morning is going to be a, a little bit different. Uh, obviously, we have one service, and so we can try a few few different things. There's, there's going to be a, an, an open mic here a little bit later, where you can reflect back on, on some of the, the goodness and some of the stories from this past year and, and how God has been transforming uh, your lives uh, and just kind of give testimony of God's goodness in, in your life. Uh, so you can be thinking about that as as we go through uh, through this morning. Uh, one of the things that we've we've just come through is a series called uh, Listen, Pay Attention, uh, Listen to the Prophets, uh, Listen to Jesus, listened to the Holy Spirit, and uh, one of the things that came out the first Sunday was, was the need for re- retelling good stories, ancient stories, because sometimes we end up uh, forgetting uh, some of those, those valuable parts of history and, and who God is, and we need to retell stories. So we're going to be retelling stories here, uh, but before we do that, I want to get into um, the Christmas story and a part of the Christmas story that we sometimes forget to read sometimes intentionally just don't want to read, but it is kind of the after the, uh, the the wise men have left. Uh, Matthew chapter 2. Uh, I want you to just think through. Do you know this part of this story? Is this really part that should be read of the Christmas story? As well as take note of, of the prophetic uh, parts of of the, the fulfillment that comes through, through this passage. This is Matthew chapter 2, uh, verses 13 all the way to uh, 23. So when they had gone, that's the, the, uh, the Magi, the, the wise men, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child. To kill him. So he got up and took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so it was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity. Who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled: a voice is heard in Rama, weeping, and great mourning; Rachel weeping for her children, and refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, "Get up, take the child and his mother." And so it was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. The, the, these prophecies that are, are being fulfilled through this story were over 400 years old. And it's rather amazing that Jesus is this little two-year-old. We kind of forget. He was moved around a little bit. Over to Egypt, back to Nazareth, uh, his, his first few years were rather traumatic. He didn't have a whole lot of classmates. They all died. He, he didn't have other people his age. There was a ton of kids that ended up dying because of this. It's part of the Christmas story we just, we don't share, we don't really like talking about, but we need to. And part of it is in fulfillment of the prophecies of who Jesus is. And I would encourage you to look through, uh, study the reliability of these prophecies. It is quite amazing how reliable and how factual and how legitimate these prophecies were hundreds of years before the person of Jesus. So, with that as a start to some of the stories around Christmas, uh, we're going to look back today, over this past year, TSN has their Plays of the Year. I'm not going to give like the top 10 sermon quotes or analogies or anything like that, but we are going to look back at our sermon series from the past year and, and then allow for some of us to, those who feel like they want to share testimony of what God has done and, and some of the, the the key learnings that you've experienced to to speak and to to provide our own version of of some of the top ten learning lessons uh, in our congregation as as we think back and as we retell uh, stories from this past year i I'll, I'll provide you some reflection questions I'm not going to provide you a whole lot of time uh, to think about them but if if I ask a good question that prompts something in you, feel free to not listen and, and spend some time reflecting on that question, just here and now. It's the busyness of Christmas. Uh, it's hard to find time for reflection. I'm going to keep on going throughout our year, but uh, pause and think back on what is the Spirit of God saying to you through, uh, through this past year? So you can start thinking about what can we celebrate together as a church, and what were some of the personal learning lessons, or what are some of the personal evidence of transformation for you uh, this past year? So, uh, repetition is important, and I think it's a, it's a challenge to think through uh, the sermon uh, series from this past year. I have to admit, I struggled with uh, even remembering what I spoke on this past year. But with uh, with if, with some time and, and reflection, hopefully uh, there'll be some some prompts for you uh, of uh, some of the things that we we learned this past year. If you haven't been here, if you're relatively new, or if this is just you're visiting family and you're going, what's going on? Hopefully, you'll, uh, we'll we'll prompt you with a few a few thoughts of reflection for you uh, as well. So, uh, in January, uh, February this, this past year, we started the series with uh, looking at the book of Nehemiah. The, the, the series was called Building on Hope. The series looked at the story of Nehemiah through the lens of hope. Even with brokenness and rubble in our lives, we can still have hope because of Jesus. The rubble of the walls uh, provided opportunities for hope. Rubble and hope can and often do coexist in our fleeting lives on this side of heaven. Nehemiah returned with the exiles to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. But the wall represents so much more than just a physical project. Nehemiah was engaged in rebuilding a spiritual community built on the hope and the promises of god one of the quotes was jesus can meet us in our rubble and show us that hope and rubble co- can coexist so how has this lived out in your life this past year how did hope and rubble coexist Holiness was uh, was one of the topics that we talked about with Nehemiah, and then after Nehemiah, we transitioned into a series called "Opportunities in Exile," and we looked at at where uh, the people of Israel were living in exile. We looked at uh, some of the prophets. Uh, we looked at Daniel, Esther, Jonah. We looked at First Peter, and we talked through uh, who is God, uh, what is holiness, what is what is mission, what what are the opportunities that we have. Uh, in the midst of this, this series "Opportunities in Exile" uh, looked at our culture, and we started by by comparing the the centennial of Canada in 1967 and the big celebration that happened in Ottawa with the uh, whatever it is 150th uh, celebration of Canada in Ottawa. And in in 1967, uh, the religious clergy, the Bible was read. There was lots of religious connection at, the, at that celebration. And in 2017, at the 150th, uh, the church, the Bible, was prayers were, were not present in our culture today, in our country. So we, we asked some of the questions like, how do we live in a post-Christian environment? How do we live in a post-Christian workplace where not everyone where we can't expect that everyone will think or will be Christian. How do we relate to uh, the leadership, the government in our world now? What are spiritual practices for us in a, in a so-called exile, uh, context? Where we are no longer the, 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 the popular, the, the dominant religion of our culture. We've lost that position. How do we leverage the opportunity of the world coming to us? Are we willing to suffer? Some of the the things that we ended up discussing through that series. Uh, one One of the quotes here was that the challenge or the opportunity, however, is that holiness is discovered to be a moving target. The examples of faithfulness revealed by the exiles who have gone before us, demonstrate that different circumstances require different responses. So the example of Esther not following the Jewish customs and uh, saving her people uh, was given. As circumstances and culture changes, the people of God are called to rethink what it means to integrate with the culture around them and thus be effective witnesses. And at the same time, Be distinct or separate from culture. The result is a call to live in creative tension. How do we do that? So, the question that I have to reflect on for you is what opportunities emerged for you this past year in our post Christian culture? So, we had Nehemiah, then we had opportunities in exile. And then we had a series after Easter called 50 Days, where we looked at Pentecost, where we looked at the Holy Spirit. If you were here last week, uh, Val Baron, who was part of our listening team, ended up calling this time uh, a breakthrough in our church, that something happened spiritually. Something, something was different as we looked at Ascension, Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, Uh, We had Hakan and Dave here. Hakan is our our partner in Turkey that that Don was talking about with our our partnerships. Uh, He's a missionary in in Turkey, uh, as well as Dave, who is from Saskatoon and and is now working with Hakan uh, overseas there. Uh, Something happened with him while we were here. What happened in your life? What happened in us? We're we're processing some of that. As a result, we we have prayer response now. Uh, every Sunday at the front, we've had, we've had opportunities for prayer and speaking uh, truth and speaking uh, God's promises into each other's lives. Uh, we had a baptism service where we had people baptized. And we've had people that have come forward uh, and, and filled out responses that they want to be baptized as well. A uh, little thing to celebrate here, uh, this past year we had eight baptisms, uh, which is pretty good. It's a little bit below average. Um, In our history, about 45-year history of this church, uh, almost 700 people have been baptized. And if you do the quick math there, uh, we're averaging over one a month uh, for the last 45 years of people being baptized here. Worth celebrating, definitely, um, of what God is doing in, in in our context here. So with this, uh, with this 50 days series, with the, the, the look at the, the Holy Spirit, the, my reflection question for you is, how has your view of the Holy Spirit grown this past year? Uh, in summer, we did individual messages. It was a bit, a bit of a mishmash. Uh, what, what, do you, what did God do with you in the, this past summer? We'll leave that one. Uh, we started fall with looking at our discipleship steps. Our discipleship steps create model trains. Those of you that know what I'm talking about will understand what it means. Create community, experience and model Jesus' love, train one another in obedience, and then uh, serve and proclaim the gospel, serve others and proclaim the gospel. So we started with this big picture look at discipleship, uh, through September. How did you live out our discipleship steps this past year? If you remember the image, I, I like it. Uh, we had a the, the, the girl uh, walking through a big meadow, mountains in the background, and up ahead of her was the, the uh, in the valley were some trees. And then we went into the next series uh, on the book of James. And the book of James was pictured by a girl following her, and there was big trees. The, the practical uh, reality kind of hits you in the book of James. Very specific topics were covered uh through this fall. We talked about trials, that God is bigger than the trials that we go through. We talked about obeying and listening and caring for the vulnerable. Uh, We talked about uh, don't judge. Don't judge people just by your one story that you make up about them. Don't 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 judge people. We talked about uh faith and deeds, that faith needs to be lived out, that we need to take a step. We had the Giesbricks, and we had Landry and Jordan get baptized that Sunday. Uh, we talked about taming the tongue. We talked about giving testimony of uh, what God has done in our life. We had the Schmidt family in one service. We had Paul in in the other service, uh, declaring God's, God's goodness in their lives. And then we talked about the two kinds of wisdom. What, what's inside of us ends up, ends up coming out. And so what's been one point of application for you from the book of James? And that took us to the end of November. And then in December we went into Advent and we had a, a listening team. We were called to listen to the prophets, listen to Jesus. Question was Is Jesus a symbolic monarch in our lives, like the Queen? Or does he actually is he actually king and lord of our life that actually makes a difference? We talked about how to live how to listen to the Holy Spirit. We talked about prophecy, how to test and discern prophecy. Lori and Val came up and, and part of the listening team and just a couple of, of things that they end up bring, bringing Laurie suggested humility as a key thought for our church to focus on it, that, to be humble, and, and what does that look like? Val talked about the word "breakthrough." And so my question for you here is, how have you postured yourself through Advent to listen to God? What has he been saying to you? What has he been saying to us? This isn't the time now, uh, as we as we share, to, to give prophetic words for the church. Speak personally. Speak from your experience. Give give testimony of, of what you have experienced uh, God doing uh, in your life uh, this past year. So, hopefully I've given you some time to think through a bit of uh, the topics that we've discussed this past year. I want to provide uh, you time to... to Give glory to God to share your personal story. Don will be up in the balcony. I'm getting lights straight ahead of me. So Don, are you up there? Don just went up. Don just remembered that he's going up there. Good. Um, I'll, I'll do the running. And uh, so just raise your hand or stand up wherever you are. Uh, and I'll try and try and get to you. And uh, let's celebrate God's goodness and what he's done in our lives and in the life of the church so we're going to look for a brave person to start us off. Uh, Dawn, I can't really see you right now because of those lights. Yeah, I, I know you're there. I see a silhouette. So if someone's <laughs> up there in the balcony, just let us know. Barry, you can turn on both of these mics here. Who's who's ready? Who would like to start?
1: Hello, my name's Bonnie. And um, there was a service where Kelly Block came. She's the... Member of Parliament for uh, Saskatchewan-Carlton Trail, and she talked about being a Christian in Ottawa and how they get together, whether you're Liberal, NDP, Conservative, doesn't matter. They get together, they pray for the people of this country, and it is a chance for her as a Christian to do something for our nation. Uh, There is that great separation of church and state, but we as people of the Christian community have a chance to uh, make a difference. So it was a very compelling uh, time that she spent with our congregation just explaining what it's like to be a member of parliament and a Christian. So my husband and I went and thanked her afterwards and just for everything she's done. And next thing you know, Milt pulls out, that's her husband, pulls out this cell phone and says, hey, what are you two doing and, uh, these days? And, oh, we just retired. Oh, would you like to get involved in helping elect another person who wants to be an MP for uh, Saskatoon? And his, his name is Brad Radicopp, and, uh, you know, we have things we can get you doing. Next thing you know, six months hard pounding on doors and you name it, putting signs out. And uh, praise God, uh, Brad was elected, and in his thank you speech, he thanked God. And I know that um, we have another Christian working for us and our government and our country, and... It was all because of a sermon or a service where Kelly explained that there's Christians in Ottawa, and they do make a difference. So I guess I praise God for everything that happened and because of that service.
0: Thanks, Bonnie. We, we walked a lot of tensions when it comes to, to government and uh, how, do we, how do we support our government it was one of those things that that we we work through and uh definitely how do we pray for and 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 support our our government was a key wrestle with us uh here thanks for introducing yourself as well and if you are speaking uh, please just let us know who you are someone else i knew i could count on you jackie
2: hi I'm Jackie Tennant, and um, I think the most profound thing that's happened to me in the last year is um, I came into 2019 um, sort of being a little bit without hope, and I had been praying for some things for a long time, and one of the things I found out was that most of you are probably doing the same thing. You're praying for things in your life that you need to have God be there to support you with. And in the back of my mind, I always had this little niggling thought, okay, I mean, if God really wanted to be there, he'd be there, right? Or um, I'm not doing something right, or um, I can't accept the fact that he doesn't hear me and he doesn't want to help me, so where is he? Um, And then we studied in our Bible study, um, the women's group that meets on Wednesday morning, we studied the armor of God. And that had a profound effect on me because I realized that I have a responsibility in my own faith, a huge responsibility, that it is not just God who's going to shower me with wonderful things. That I have a responsibility to put on the armor of God every day and to remember to do it several times during a day. And that God is always with me through the Holy Spirit. And through His Son Jesus Christ, and so I started to. As we went through that series, you know, I would be driving in my car and I'd be thinking of something miserable or, how come this didn't happen the way I had wanted? And then I would remember that we are to put on the shield of faith, and that we can hide underneath the shield of faith when we feel weak and when we feel without hope. I also realized that there is many many areas in the Bible because I went looking for them, uh, where God is with us, where he's always promised that he will be with us. And um, I just want to say something. Like, I'm not going to read all of these for you. It's a sermon in itself. But uh, Deuteronomy in 24, um, it's just a huge, huge area. Deuteronomy 3, 22, when they talk about our God will fight for us when they were uh, building the wall. Uh, Romans eight thirty-one, 31, Joshua 19, not 1, 9, Psalms 44, 5, Matthew, uh, John, Deuteronomy again, Isaiah, and Joshua. And those are all the things that you can read that will reinforce, as it did for me, that I'm not alone and that God hasn't forgotten me. And... Uh, that was a pretty important thing for me because I've been a Christian for a long time, but I, I, I just, you know, had that sort of doubt. So I, I found it a blessing.
0: Thanks, Jackie. Sure, give her a hand. One of the things that we do... Sorry, Barry, I'm which one am i using i'll use this one one of the things that we do when when people come through uh baptism membership sessions is is when they're learning to share their testimony one of the things I, I really push hard is for people to include a scripture verse and actually read it because i always say the word is god is more powerful than what you say and so jackie even as you're you're saying well i don't want to read all the scriptures as we share i'd actually rather have people share god's word and read out that even more than our own words right so blessings to you as you uh, as you consider all of those passages, and if you want to talk to Jackie later about what those passages are, by all means uh, do that. Um, but the Word of God is powerful as we share it with uh, with one another. Someone else. Hey Don, I'm winning two nothing. Let's go balcony. <laughs>
3: Thank you, Jackie. By the way, if you want an inspirational person in your home group, don't ask for Jackie to leave ours, but she is one for us. Thank you very much. But for me, and the Advent season has been renewed in a a very definite way again. I was listening to a broadcast, um, the uh, the speaker from the People's Church in Ottawa, uh, in Toronto the other day, and he read this Christmas story out of Luke, but he focused on, first of all, he said, the most interesting verse in that story is verse 1. And most of us probably read over it quite quickly, and if we can pronounce the words, we're doing well. But um, the fact is that Quirinius was the governor of that area, and he asked for all the people to come to Jerusalem to be taxed. Now, that's kind of political and everything. We didn't... Don't spend too much time on that. But he went into detail then and he said that's so interesting because throughout the Old Testament there are 365 promises that referred to the birth of Jesus. Not only the birth, but the place. And at that day... When Mary and Joseph came to be taxed, all of those promises, and then of course the baby was born, and all of those promises were fulfilled. And then he went into a, to a mathematical uh, situation where he says, "How is that possible?" And I don't. I just listened to that, but it's an amazing thing that that every one of them were of those promises were fulfilled. So that was one thing. But, you know, the Advent has also been, yeah, we, we experienced again the birth of Jesus. But, you know, we're waiting for the, the next appearance of Christ, of Jesus, and let's not, this, the, the birth of Jesus was only the beginning. And it's, uh, then of course the incarnation, how he leave, lives with us. And that in itself is so great. But the fact that Jesus is coming again, and that gives us the, uh, well, the challenge to live and to, to follow and to obey what Jesus taught us. So those are the things that have been very important to me. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Walter. I'm sure there's others that would like to uh, share and we'll give you opportunities, but it won't be here, uh, unfortunately. Uh, But we would love to have your reflections from this year. Uh, you can send those to the office. You can leave us a note at the Welcome Center, uh, whatever it may be of what God has done in your life uh, this past year. We're going we're gonna to transition, so I'll call up the, the worship team uh, now. We want to celebrate God's goodness. We want to uh, step towards the table in communion and celebrate God's goodness as a congregation of what he has done uh, in us and through us uh, this past year. So thank you for your reflections, Uh, thank you for your generosity this past year, Uh, thank you for your listening and your attentiveness to the Spirit of God, and how uh, together we have been doing some amazing things here and around the world as a a congregation, and I celebrate uh, what what God has been doing in us and will continue to do uh, in us in, in the next year. Let me pray. Lord God, uh, we submit these uh, thoughts to you. Thank you for the times where we can reflect and think back on your goodness in our lives. God, thank you for the the prophecies that have been fulfilled in you. And uh, God, we thank you that that we can anticipate your return. We thank you for the confidence and the hope that you have provided to us. And uh, God, we thank you that we can... uh, Walk this journey of faith together with one another. And God, we praise you and and we bless you for all that you've done in our lives and in the lives of this congregation. In your name, amen.